Well, last week I began a, a teaching uh, called Rolls, and we've already determined that that is not, you know, cinnamon rolls, yeast rolls. How many of you remember yeast rolls? You remember those? My little cafeteria when I was in elementary school, and I had to walk to school four miles, <laughs> uphill both ways, in the snow, chased by bears. And I played the tuba. No, I didn't. I played trumpet. I'm just messing. No, I, I rode a little bike to my, to my school. But they would have these rolls that make smelt so good. And, and if you were just right in the line, sometimes you'd get an extra one. Or you could trade with your friends for stuff. And I, I, had, a, I had a friend that he loved them. I loved them. We tried to make deals with the girls that didn't want to eat them, you know. And, hey, I'll trade you this. I'll give you this. I'll, you know, whatever. And uh, so one day, we were always fighting them. One day, um, he said, you want my roll? And I said, you don't want it? I just don't want it today. So I reached over and took his roll. Took a good bite because you could just about put the whole thing in, you know, just squeeze it. Took a good big bite of it and he went, ha, I licked it. (laughs) So it has nothing to do with the message. The rolls we're talking about, yeah. the rolls we're talking about, this is really a, a theatrical term. It has to do with a part that we would play, a function that we have. And I want you to kind of keep that theater kind of mindset a little bit this morning. By, by the way, did, did you enjoy my acting last, last week? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I taught growth track last Sunday afternoon and somebody brought me a, an award. So, so it's awesome. Can we bring that out now? No, I'm okay. But um, I want you to keep that theater kind of concept because here's the deal. We're all in a big story. And God is the author of that story. And there's a, a storyline that just is incredible. And there seems to be tragedy and it's a thriller and there's a lot of drama. There's even some comedy. And God's going to work this thing out. There are villains. And there are heroes. And I think I'm looking at a bunch of heroes. And what's really awesome in a story is somebody who used to be a villain becomes a hero. I'm looking at quite a few of those too. <laughs> and um, it's an exciting thing. But here's the thing. We've got to find our roles get in our roles, fulfill our roles, because it all connects, it all counts. And if you miss your entrance, if you flub your lines, if you don't know your part, you don't do your part in the right way, here's what happens. You mess up the storyline, you mess up somebody else's entrance, you mess up somebody else's lines, you mess up somebody else's part. And so we've got to get our parts down. And let me just jump to the chase a little bit on this too. It's not just about us and our part. It's how our part connects with somebody else's part, their role, and this whole story that God has for us. First thing you need to do, and let me just touch on this real quick, is you've got to identify what are my roles? What are my roles? And really, they're pretty obvious. If you'll just take a few moments and look at your life, you can kind of see what your roles are. Let me just go over mine again real quick. I'm first of all a child of God. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a father-in-law. And then there's sub-roles sometimes. As father, I'm also 
lunch packer. And, and guess what? If I don't do that role, well, their mother would, but, you know, but if that doesn't happen, then there's, there's something missing here. I'm a grandfather. I'm a pastor. I'm a boss. I'm a friend. I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm an uncle. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a student. I'm a chaplain. And part of this week also, I was a nurse to a cat. And y'all pray for Kiki, queen of the Lanai. She's... She's just, we don't know what's going on. She's had, she's had a tough go. She's much better last evening. So, but you know, that's a role and you've got to find your roles. And then the, here's what happens. And, and we'll develop this more later, but your roles then help you find your priorities. Your roles help you find your priorities. Here's a little saying for you. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. You've got to find out what really matters. Look at your roles and your roles will help to uh, help you to find your priorities. Get intentional about that. Be deliberate about that, about discovering and prioritizing what your roles are in life. And your roles, again, reveal your priorities. And then get this, your priorities then, your priorities will make your decisions. Your priorities will make your decisions. There's so often I'll have a situation and I let my priorities make my decision for me. And if you live by priorities and principles, about 98% of all your decisions are already made. It's when you are wavering on what your priorities are and and what your principles are, that's when you end up confused. But if you'll get your principles set and get your priorities clear, about 98% of your decisions are made for. But your roles determine your priorities and your priorities make your decisions for you. For example, if let's say you're a guy and your wife is going to have surgery... And at the same time she's slated for surgery, there's a special sale at the sporting goods place. It's going to reveal your priorities. And you make the wrong choice, it might affect your future. Or let's, let's, let's go a little, get a little more serious. Well, that could be very serious, but um, your children need shoes. But there's something you want to get for your hobby. Or you need to buy alcohol. And unfortunately, situations in some lives, people's priorities are messed up. Because then they don't, their roles are out of whack. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you don't do your role right... It not only hurts you, it's going to hurt somebody else. Now, let me shift gears here just a little bit. You've got to stay involved, and this is just a quick review item. You must stay involved in at least four or five of your roles every week. Make yourself get into four or five of your roles at least every week. Because if you only stay in one or two of those roles, you're going to burn out. You won't be well-rounded. You're going to run a flat side. If all you do, and guys are notorious for this, is, you know, just get it, work, 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 and then just, you know, one other thing or whatever. And if you do that, you not only hurt yourself, you hurt other people because you're just in those roles. You're going you're gonna to wear a, a flat side on you. You won't be well-rounded. You're, you're going to be all out of balance. And then guess what? You're all about those two roles 
to the neglect of some other roles. And so it's very important that we do that so that we stay well-rounded. Plus, again, it's not just about you. It hurts other people because we're not filling some other roles. And again, it's all connected. It's all part of this big story. And you and I must make sure that we're fulfilling our roles. And, and um, you know, as we're fulfilling our roles and God is helping us, life is going to be better. It's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for the people around you. And when it's better for the people around you, it's better for you. And so it's important. But I want, I want to take it a little bit further than it just being okay in your little circle, okay? And I want us to look beyond just our uh, assumed roles, our roles, uh, our accepted roles or what we have. And let's take this just a little bit further here. Here's the reality. There are so many roles, too many roles that are left unfulfilled and left undone, unfulfilled, and left undone. And that's a huge problem in our culture. That's a huge problem in our society. Y'all with me? Get, get over here with me. There are too many roles that are left undone, uncovered, and it creates a huge, huge problem and burden within our culture and within our society. And so we've got to look at this. Now, first place to look is what does God say? What does God do? And we're going to look at a couple of God's roles that point to this. Look with me in Psalm 68 verse five. And let me take a moment here. We're always going to put verses for you up on the screen. We want to encourage you to bring your Bibles. We always have, if you don't have Bibles or forgot your Bible, we have carts as you're coming in. You're welcome to borrow a Bible. Or if you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to keep one of those Bibles. I also encourage you, in addition to bringing your Bible, maybe you've got a smartphone or one of the uh, pads that you can work off of. And I encourage that. I've had a couple of people say, don't encourage them to do that because they might text or play a game. Okay, let's go back 10 years, 20 years or so when we only had paper and pencil to write with. Y'all remember that? Does anybody remember that? Okay. And you're supposed to be taking notes, but how many of you doodled or sent a note? All right, y'all are with me then. Psalm 68, verse 5. A father, these are God's roles, some of his roles. A father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. And then verse 6 says, God sets the solitary in families. So notice he's a father to the fatherless. What does that mean? Somebody wasn't filling a role and God filled it. A defender of the widow. Somebody wasn't covering a role and God, God covered it. And he puts the solitary in families. But, but what's this? But it says, is God in his holy habitation? So he's in his holy habitation. How does he then, how does he fulfill being a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, putting the solitary in the family. How, how does he do that? Who does he call upon? Okay, let me, let me do this real quick. I, I want you to just do a little research real quick to answer this question, okay? Who does he call upon? Who's he going to use to do that? Uh, first of all, I want you to remember who you looked at in the mirror this morning, okay? Just remember that person. You got him? Okay. And then I want you, for real, look left and right, will you? Just look left and right. Okay. So we've, we've looked in three places here in the mirror, left and right. Could you please, and I know it's impolite, but could you please point to who God wants to use to help to fill those roles? Could, could, could you kind of do that right now? Okay. And it, and it should be, hey, it, it should be some of this. Watch me, watch me. It should be kind of like this. Okay. Not this. 
okay? We're, we're all in this. So God in his holy habitation, looking down, author, producer, director of this big story. He's got some things that need to be taken care of. Where is so-and-so? They should be going on now. Somebody forgot to get that off the stage. We need somebody to do this. And there needs to be some people waiting in the wings that totally know their part. We've got our part down. We're able to do our part, but we also have a capacity about us. You need me to go do that? I can go do that. And God's looking. I said, he's looking for some people. And I'll tell you where he's going to look. He's going to look to Jesus in the earth, the body of Christ in the earth. That's the church. He's going to look to us. He's going to call upon us to go and cover those roles and fill those roles that need to be filled. Are you with me this morning? We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his smile. We are his ears to listen, his mouth to share something. His eyes to to look and pay attention and to care. We are that in the earth today. And we have to look at this beyond just our roles. In the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, there are three guys. Jesus divides them up and says, I'm going to give you this much, give you this much, give you this much. I want you to go be fruitful. I want you to go be faithful. I'll be back in a little bit and see what you did. He comes back to, to settle accounts with them. And as he came back, two of them were faithful. Two of them were fruitful. The other one, and let me just put this, they were faithful with what? With what he had entrusted them with. What is that? A role. So two of them were faithful in the roles. And another one, he was not faithful in the role. He didn't, he didn't cover the role. So when the master comes back, this is what he did. He took from the one who was unfaithful, who didn't cover the role. He took what needed to happen and he gave it to somebody who was faithful and fruitful. Now, there's a light theology that that only grabs part of that. We're going to go a little bit deeper than that. There's a light theology that that says, well, if you're faithful, then God will really bless you. Is that true? Yes. Come on, is that true? Absolutely true. But is that the whole story? No. No. If you're faithful and fruitful with what you've been entrusted with, the roles that you're in, God will bless you. But it's not just about increased blessing. Look at me. It's about increased responsibility. It's about increased responsibility. If he increases blessing on your life, you understand this already. You're blessed so that you can, so that you can be a blessing. So it's not just about getting blessed more while we're here. Great big story, huge purpose. It's not just about increased blessing. It's about increased responsibility. Let me tell you any prosperity, any prosperity in your life has a purpose. It has a purpose. By prosperity, don't confuse that again with a stack of money. It's, it's whole life. It's your whole life. It's every area of your life. That there would be success and blessing and help. That always has a purpose. Let me go back to it again. You're blessed so that you can, so that you can be a blessing. Now, in James chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 27 here. It says, pure and undefiled religion... Before God and the Father says, let me just hold up right there. I'm hungry that that is what would be seen on the earth. Pure and undefiled religion before God. Are y'all with me? I'm so tired of fruity, flaky, hypey, self-serving, whatever religion. 
And on the other end of the spectrum, so tired of dry, dusty, stale, stiff, rigor mortis religion. Y'all here? Some people say, y'all laughing, church. Absolutely. Y'all sing and make noise. Where do you get to heaven? You know, we've got a lot to rejoice about. This is a living message that changes our hearts. We cry too. I mean, in every way, all, all these things going on in our life, but I'm telling you what, I don't want a fake, hypey, hyper message or a dry, dead, stiff, stale one either. Pure, undefiled, real deal, genuine article. The world is absolutely starving for that. Starving for that. And we have to model that. We have to be advertisement for God. Not grooming our ways and practicing to just act a certain way, but to be the genuine article, pure, undefiled, real deal, unmixed, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. Watch this. To visit, it means personal contact, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now, let me back up and first of all say this is not a comprehensive definition of true Christianity, okay? There's some that say that's what we're to do. That's all we're to do. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that, that is, this is an essential ingredient in pure and undefiled religion is that you, you are involved in helping, showing mercy, doing good, that you're aware of needs that are around you. The whole theme and context of the book of James is somehow translating between faith and godly action. Did y'all get that? Faith without works is what? It's just dead. It's, it's taking faith and translating that into godly action. It's about having doctrine and sound doctrine. How many of you know you better have sound doctrine? But not doctrine alone. It's doctrine and conduct. What's the first two letters of doctrine? D-O. What does that spell? do what you believe. I mean, what you believe is your doctrine of your life. That's going to affect what you do, how you behave, how you conduct yourself. And so it's not just about doctrine. It's not just about faith. It's about godly actions. It's, it's, it's about conduct that follows. It's about hearing and doing. That's, that's the, the whole theme of the book of James. And that's the theme in context of Christianity as well. It's not just that we know some stuff and believe some stuff and, and gather together, but there's some kind of outlife and, and godly action that follows. Look in Isaiah chapter 1. It says, learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Look at Micah chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Here's the answer. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. It's the whole theme of this. Orphans and widows. Let's think about that just for a moment because immediately we think, oh, great, so now we're going to start an orphan widow ministry. Now listen, we're already involved in some of that, but, but, but here's, here's what it is. Think about what an orphan and what a widow is. Just, just think about what is common there. Lost relationship, 
and lost resources. It means somebody that was filling a role is no longer filling the role. And now in our culture, jet ahead to us, we have all different forms and dynamics that that plays out in a whole lot of different ways. Everything from absentee parents to addicted parents to, to death to all kinds of things that happen that now a person loses relationship and they lose resources and what it creates for them is trouble, affliction, pressure, and distress. And the Bible says to visit personal contact with widows and orphans. Rephrase it for our context here. That those that have lost relationship, those that have lost resources, it means there's not somebody in their life filling those roles. And so what, what do we do with this? They can't help themselves. But, and it's because someone's not filling that role in their life. Here's what God will do. God will cover what's left uncovered. God, listen, God will fill the roles. Who's he going to use? Come on, go ahead and point again. No, not this, okay? He's going to fill those roles. He's going to use us. Now, pay attention to this. He will send others to cover. That's why we have, even in, this, even in our church family, we have grandmas and grandpas raising grandbabies. We have foster families. We have adoptive families. Big brothers and big sisters and mentors and friends and people that will step in a role and be a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless and put the solitary into families. That's what church is about. And I want you to pay attention to this. God may have you take on a role beyond just your roles. It's easy to just write down, here's my roles. I'm a child of God, and I'm a husband, and I'm dad, and I'm father-in-law, and, and I'm this, and I'm this. And there's my little circle. And I hope you'll do this. I hope you'll be the best at your roles. Award-winning. In all of your roles. Get those going. But it's not just for you. And it's not just for the people in your roles. As you're faithful and fruitful in those things, God needs to find some people who who know how to do those things. Not that you're perfect at it, because perfect doesn't exist except in Him. But find some people that are growing, they're faithful, they're fruitful, and they're handling their roles. And God said, I need you. I need you to help. I need you to come over here and cover in this situation. And listen, listen to me carefully. It, it might just be for a moment. God may just need you for a moment. If God needed you for a moment, would you do it? You know, the other day, my, my son wanted to show me something, Gabriel, my youngest, and his room's upstairs, and I just got to the bottom of the stairs. I mean, I just landed back on the floor, and he goes, Dad, could I show you something? It'd just take a minute. back up the stairs. Plus it's good for you. Stairs. So I got up there and he showed me something. He had, he had a little YouTube thing that was real funny and he wanted to show me. And it wasn't so much the funny that was worth it. It was a moment with my guy. It was just a moment. Well, it wasn't convenient, but it was just a moment, but big deal. It was worth it. Okay. Look at me. If God said, could I use you just for a moment? Would you do it? Would you do it? Good answer on that because it's about to get a little harder. 
If he needed you just to hold the door for somebody or to hug somebody or just take a moment with somebody, God may just need you for a moment. You know what? Sometimes God may need you for a month. He may need a little season where he would say, I need you to get into situation. I need you to help. I need you to do this. What do you mean by a month? Well, it may mean that God would use you to buy some groceries or make a car payment. Well, I could never make somebody else's car payment, and he won't ask you to. But he may say, I need you, I need you to come over and do this. And let me just say this. If he ever asks you to do something, he'll supply and he'll grace you. Knowing that, if he said, I need you over here for a month or so, would you, would you do it? All right, let me go a little bit further. You may have a situation that God say, you know what? I need you in this role for life. I need you to be a friend. I need you to help cover where somebody else is not covered. I need you to do that for life. And here's, here's the thing. God will always supply. And God will give you the grace that is needed to do it. Amen. There's, there's an old saying, God helps those who help themselves. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I know, you know, you've got to do your part, get in there. Do, I, I get that. That's just part true. But let me give you something that's all true. God helps those who help others. Look in, in Proverbs 11, verse 25. In the Message Bible, it says this. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. Now, let me just caution you real quick, and then I'm going to wrap this up this morning. Look at me. It is not your responsibility to meet every need, to feed everybody hungry, to cover every situation. It's not. Some people in your love and your zeal for God are going to try as soon as you leave here to meet every need. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is just to find what God would have you to do. Jesus said, the poor you'll have with you always. Part of what he was saying is, there's never going to be a time on this side of heaven where all needs are met. There's always going to be needs. And you and I can't fill them. And don't frustrate yourself with, uh, I can't feed everybody, I can't help everybody, I can't, I can't, I can't. Here's all you have to do. All you have to do is do the ones that he would direct you to. And as you do that, you'll find his supply. And you'll find his grace. He will lead you. He will direct you. But you've got to be discerning about that. Pastor Bill Hybels, Pastor's Willow Creek Church, incredible church. He's an incredible leader. Um, I love his ministry. I love him. I've read all of, his, all of his books. I listen to his podcast because the impact that he's had on leaders and on the kingdom of God. And in his book, Courageous Leadership, he writes this. And I want you to listen so carefully to this. He said, the gospel is the power of the love of Jesus Christ. The love that conquers sin and wipes out shame and heals wounds and reconciles enemies and patches broken dreams and ultimately changes the world one life at a time. And the radical message of that transforming love has been given to the church. 
he continues, there's nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. It comforts the grieving and heals the broken in the context of community. It builds bridges to seekers and offers truth to the confused. It provides resources for those in need and opens its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden, the disillusioned. It breaks the chains of addiction, frees the oppressed, and offers belonging to the marginalized of this world. Whatever the capacity for human suffering, the church has greater capacity. And I believe that. And look at me. I believe that. Let's be that. Let the church be the church. Let us be the body of Christ in the earth today. Let's get our acts together. Let's stop playing around like it's the first of the grading period and we're not going to get our homework in yet. Folks, tomorrow or the next day is finals. We got some due dates. Let's, let's get ourselves going. Let's get into our roles. Let's ask God to help us. Let's shape ourselves up and let's fulfill our roles in life. Let's, let's make sure that we don't flub our lines, miss our entrance, not show up. That we don't understand the whole story. Let's learn the whole story. Let's find out what this is about and realize it's not just about me. It's not just about me being happy in my little circle. Make your circle happy. Do all that you can do. And if you mess something up, guess what? There's redemption for that. There's a, there's a chance to redeem something about that. And God will get involved in that. And, and be, your, be the best child of God that you can be. Father, mother, sister, brother. All the roles that you're in. Do it. But be that so that you're faithful and fruitful that God sees, you know what? I can bless that guy. I can bless that lady. I can call upon them and use them. Because I got some folks over here that don't have a dad, that don't have mom or dad, that don't have this, that don't have that. Their role is, is this because somebody else is not there to cover the role. And so let's be discerning and let's have our hearts open and say, God, here am I. Help me at home. Help me with all these other things. And then I'm here. Tap me. And if you need me for a moment, if you need me for a month, you need me for a lifetime. I know that you'll supply and I'll know that you'll grace me to help fill another role so that as you write and rewrite this story and all the roles, it's going to come out with a great redemption and people will see the love of God. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.